Welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. We are joined with a lovely guest. It's a new year. I'm excited to start off with some fresh energy. Um, May you please introduce yourself. What could we call you? Hi, guys. So my name is Anika. You can call me Anika or Neeks. Uh, I go by Natural Neeks on Instagram and all sort of all sorts of social media platforms. Um, so a lot of people that know me really well call me Neeks and some of my, like my mom will never call me Neek. She'll only call me Anika. So you yeah. can call me either or. Um, I'm a freelance certified makeup artist. And my goal in life is to just help women come out of a toxic relationship mm-hmm. and to genuinely heal. And when I say heal, I don't mean, you know, put a Band-Aid and walk away from it and expect nothing to resurface because it will. I want it to be a deep internal healing of, you know, through self-love and self-care because it's the only way I find, especially today where you're just comparing all the time, it's the only way to genuinely be grounded in you, yourself and your purpose. So that's kind of who I am, what I'm about, and what's important to me. Ooh, I'm so excited for this. Um, Yeah, so I first saw you, heard about you through my lovely friend Kevin on his live, and your um, just your vulnerability and your authenticity of sharing your story, and I definitely want to get into that. Um, I also, not now, but we'll pick your brain about being a makeup artist, because I just so fascinated with that whole world that is a side note um but yeah I usually start off with a little icebreaker just to get us a little comfortable Uh, but because it is the beginning of the year I'm like very much on like setting intention goals um and I kind of wanted to use a space to what is something you want to um, speak into the universe or release into the universe. And I almost feel like having it like recorded is like even more of like, yeah, it's like in stone now. In stone. (laughs) So like, I don't even know what I'm going to say, but I just wanted to like, just one thing. Mm -hmm. It can be super small. It doesn't matter. I want to release, I think I want to release the idea that I'm not enough, you know, for Mm. so long, it's been, should I say this? And even last year, you know, when I started on this journey, I was still a little reserved. Like I never fully explained or never fully discussed the the things that really, really hurt me and brought me to where I am today. Right. So I think for me this year, it's all about releasing and being completely 100% authentic and not having to apologize for it Mm. because I find we feel things and then we have to apologize for how it may impact someone else. And I respect that right? I respect if the other person does not have the capacity to hold space for me in that moment. And I respect that. However, I will not apologize for something I've gone through or speaking so openly about something because it rubs someone the wrong way. Because I feel like we're in a day and age where if you have all this information and you're not doing anything with it, you're choosing to continue to be ignorant, right? Like you're, you're making that decision on your own. You're not, you're deciding to take that information and just ignore it. And so for me, it's just, everything is about social media and comparing and, you know, is my body okay? Is my, am our relationships okay? We need to realize that what we see on social media is meant to make us feel smaller Mm. and not to bring us up. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I want to release. What about you? 
Ooh, <laughs> I'm getting all the feels and I, and it's so crazy because when, when I like contact a guest or yeah. like contact someone, I'm almost doing it like just off of like what I, f- what feels right. Like that's kind of been my guide right now. And just this timing of this conversation is just, I can't even explain <laughs> it. You might not even ever understand. Oh, that's amazing. I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but mine is very similar. Uh, I'm almost, it's probably the same, but it's just phrasing it a little different. I just don't want to yeah. place, I don't want to play small anymore. I don't want to be yes. apologized for taking up space. Yes. I think, um, so ba- very similar in the sense that I very, I'm a very refined person. I'm very timid, very, uh, you know, not, I guess, apologetic almost for like existing yeah. at yeah. times, you know, yeah. and I don't want that anymore. It doesn't serve me. And I want to, I want to play big. Like I want to yeah. play big. I don't want to play yeah. small anymore. The world is literally your oyster, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so many things. And I don't think we realize how much power and potential we have, especially as women. Yeah. <laughs> and especially as women of color, even, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. It's not always like I find, you know, growing up in in a, in a, in a household, in a colored cultural household, it wasn't, my parents weren't strict in that sense. They still gave me a lot of freedom, but I still never really got to fully be who I was. And I don't yeah. blame my family for it. How, because, you know, that's just how they were raised. Yeah. And now it's our time to break these generational, generational curses for the future, right? Like, I don't want my kids to never share with me what they feel. I don't want them to hide their truth because the only person that we're hurting is ourselves and mm-hmm. it's taken me so long to realize that i have so much worth and i'm not going to ask you to give me permission to tell me that my voice is is worth it because mm-hmm. i'm giving myself the damn permission and i'm you know we're giving ourselves that that right because we deserve it and we've earned it and everybody has the chance and the right to hold space in the world where whatever conversation whatever room whatever table you're sitting at you deserve to be there. Yeah. Right. So, so important to realize that. Yeah, no, that's so true. It's very much that, um, there's a, it's, um, imposter syndrome almost yes. something that I struggle yeah. with, yeah. especially being like, you know, a woman of color and then, um, wanting to be an entrepreneur and occupying spaces and feeling underqualified or like yeah. ask I'm asking too for too much. So I have to be careful. Like yeah. those are very relatable things. And, I consciously have to catch myself when I'm yes, like hundred percent. It's, it's yeah. It's like a, it's a 24 seven job to, to catch those behaviors because mm-hmm. we're unlearning years of living in this way. Generations now, too, right? Exactly. Right. Like that's all we've ever known. And now that we're like, just like you said, like even being an entrepreneur and things like that, we always, always, always say, okay, maybe I'm being too pushy. You know, if someone asks you at a, at a job interview, you know, what kind of salary, we always go at the lower spectrum. Yeah. But why? Why do we lower our value? Why do we, yeah. why are we, because if we allow that, the person mm. on the other side is thinking, well, if they're allowing it, that I'm going to continue to treat them with what they're allowing me to do. Mm-hmm. If I say I'm worth, you know, $500 and not $10, then the other person you know, maybe I'll lose one sale, maybe I'll lose another sale or a job, whatever it may be. But what is really meant to be yours and whatever is meant to hold your full value will hold it. Yeah. And it's, it'll come to you, right? Like that's how we look at it. So yeah, that's so spot on. Um, and it kind of just translates into like our topic of discussion today. It's something that I'm, 
it, it's crazy because a lot of my mental health struggles, struggles. and yeah. even just like my, my the whole thing that started with this call me crazy stuff really yeah. kind of tied in I started because of like a relationship you yeah. know mm-hmm. and it almost for a long time I was like embarrassed to say that because I was like oh like a relationship like yeah girl I feel you you know but it's like no like those are such big things in our lives and they play such big parts in our well-being and how we see the world and how we feel about ourselves so um yeah like even just down to like our relationship within our families and stuff but we can get into that but I want to explore the whole concept of toxic relationships and then the healing process and I almost feel like it's become a little bit um, like glamorized right now. It's a very glamorized topic, like the concept of like toxic. Like I lit, like I kid you not, the timing of everything right now is crazy. But I just had a friend send me um, a TikTok about like a couple laughing about being in a toxic relationship, and like it was funny. And I was just like, this is really like this is the world we live in like it's yeah, crazy yeah. 100%. we're so desensitized to all of these things and you know it's one thing if you're not ex- experiencing something right like if I don't experience childbirth mm-hmm. I'm still not gonna bash it because I don't have experience and I my my heart yeah I mean I, I just don't know if this is how we were raised and some people are just so like cut off from emotional that empathy that sympathy yeah, yeah. because I it, it bothers me you know I know we're all about like boundaries and it's this whole thing of just like you said uh, it's a trend right now everyone's like oh I'm setting boundaries I'm cutting people off who don't serve me right blah 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 yeah I'm all for if a toxic relationship is toxic yeah if it has the chance to save it and work towards it I'm for that however if it's physically abusive like if it's an abusive relationship then obviously you need to walk out of there but I don't think like you just need to be drawing boundaries left right and center because it's the thing to do right like then you're going to be alone at the end of the day because you have to also recognize in a toxic relationship and I'm not victim blaming or anything it was on the other end but like it's it's a it's a chance to look in the mirror and say like what is going on right like my question that I always ask myself is what did I allow and why did I allow it? Mm-hmm. And that was a, a reflection on myself. It had nothing to do with, you know, my boyfriend's beating me up. It had nothing to do with being cheated on. It had nothing to do with all of these things, but I could control what I allowed and I allowed mm-hmm. that behavior. So mm-hmm. I need to take responsibility for that. And I need to say like, okay, I allowed this behavior. So now how do I heal from it? Because I'm in control of that. And I'm never going to be able to control getting an apology mm-hmm. or controlling their behaviors and how they go about their business. It's also not my job yeah. to fix them, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like God will take care of whatever justices need to happen. It'll happen. And, and I don't need an, I don't need a, a, a letter in the mail saying like, oh, this person that hurts you and did yeah. you wrong, you've been taken care of. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. I just go about my business and own my own power and my own story. And I need to take back the power in my in the narrative right mm-hmm. like that's what it comes down to and when I see those same TikToks and reels and all that stuff of like a toxic relationship as a mockery it makes me sad because I realize that we are so other people are so unaware of what uh, people are going through like mm-hmm. especially within lockdown within pandemic like how many people god you know god forbid how many people were in abusive relationships and mm-hmm. had nowhere to go 
yeah. right? Or had kids with in and abusive marriages and had nowhere to go, right? Like mm. when you think about that and you say that out loud and then you see those TikToks, it's offensive. It's disrespectful and it's there's no space for that and it's upsetting, but it yeah. is the world we live in. Yeah. It is like that that normalization um and that desensitization is very as someone who's experienced it, witnessed it, you know, overcome, like I see it and it's like um I get I get angry. Like angry. I just have I just like angry and I'm yeah. like like it's not funny. Like there's nope. nothing about this that's funny because it's very much trauma. It's very yeah. much like, it, it, yeah, there's just a lot more to it than just like, oh, like we're toxic. Haha. No. Like, yeah. And it's not even just like you just walk away from that toxic relationship and then it's a done deal, right? Because then there's like all the effects of it, right? Like years of trauma and healing. And, you know, if you have physical, like physical scars or an emotional scars and just mentally, you're just so beat down Mm -hmm. that everything about you, your self-worth, your self-love, your, you know, your self everything that is attached to your identity no longer exists. So imagine that. Imagine you're just a floating soul. That's floating vessel. There's nothing in you, and everything that everything that was in you, you gave and yeah. gave and gave. Wow. Until you were completely de- like, de- you know, depleted. depleted. That's yeah. I, that's so crazy. You say that because I used to say I used to be a shell of a person when yeah. I I literally that's how I would describe myself. I was like, I don't even know who or what I am. Like I'm just here, and it was a very weird and yeah. dark place to be. I feel um, it. especially because it's so. Because like you said earlier, it's embarrassing to sometimes say that out loud. So you you end up internalizing it and 100%. then nobody knows. Yeah. So then it becomes even more destructive because then you're trying to like self-medicate, maybe not the most healthy way, right? Like mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, and it's not, um, when you start to go down that road, it's, oh. it's you know, then you got to crawl out of the hole and then you got to fix the path. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, oh yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I feel this heavy. Um, I wanted to kind of ask, yeah. I'm not kind of, I wanted to ask what, yeah. what brought you to this work or to advocate about this or to speak about this? And you don't have to get into detail. I just want to kind of understand yeah. where your journey comes from, how you, um, oh, got, how you got here a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm a no filter kind of person and I think it's necessary. Like, but again, I respect the people who can't talk about it yet because it's taken me a long time to talk about it. Don't get me wrong. It's taken me 15 years to talk about literally anything. Right. So I talk about it so openly with no filter because I think it's important for someone else to hear the story because it's not a new story. Mm. It's just a story. It's someone else's story, but it's not new. Mm. Right. So the reason I, you know, the, the, path that led me here today I was in a very abusive relationship at the age of 13 mm-hmm. which sounds ridiculous because a 13 year old is a baby mm-hmm. and you know we had moved here from I was born and raised in Dubai so we moved here from Dubai and my mom still worked in Dubai so I was the eldest out of three it was just me my siblings and my dad and I needed to step in and take care of my siblings because you know they were so little and my dad was working two jobs and my mom was in a different country so at the time in my life where I would probably need my mom the most, which is when I came into like womanhood, uh, she wasn't there. So I tried to fill that void with anything and everything. And that's how I found myself in a very abusive relationship, you know, like 
it was and when I say a phys- when I say abusive relationship, I mean physically abusive relationship, but I was getting beat down for about eight months. And that's kind of how I got into makeup because to me, it was my survival. And just like you said about embarrassment, I was embarrassed. I was 13. I was embarrassed. I had no idea what was happening. It was my first boyfriend, you know, like, so the reason I got into makeup is because I was just trying to cover up, you know, black eyes and busted up jawlines and that that was me I was just trying to survive and I was just trying to make it Mm -hmm. um and because when I got out of that relationship it was really bad like we we moved cities because it was like my life was in danger sort of a situation like you know he would I remember the conversation he would call my house very late at night and and say things like I'm gonna pour acid on your daughter's face and like things like that to my parents yeah and my poor parents you know being around they're just like okay we can't call the police or we can't talk about it because then our families are going to know and all the aunties are going to talk about it. So like, let's just move cities because they just want to protect me. Love them that they did that. But I wish they told me, like, I wish they were there to tell me like, I'm here for you no matter what's going to go wrong. Right. So because they unfortunately weren't able to deliver on that, I always kept everything a secret. And when I got out of that relationship, I was so broken and beat down that every relationship after, as long as you weren't physically hitting me, I allowed anything. Mm. So I allowed cheating and lying and, you know, being with narcissists and being in manipulative relationships. So I've been in the relationship and I've talked about this on my Instagram. I've been in the relationship with the aggressive lion who's going to like eat your face off. And I've been in the relationship with like a little mouse who seems nice, but like, really you have to find the red flags right like it may not be as obvious um and that when I got that was like five years of on and off it was it was it was rough and I I don't again like I'm I've come from a place of healing now so I think forgiveness is a a huge part of that um which again is 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 not easy like it you know you you go back and forth and you have triggers and sometimes you're thinking like I can't forgive this person um And I think when I got out of that relationship, I just took the time finally, because from the age of 13 to about 22, I was never single. Mm -hmm. I was in one relationship after the other relationship, trying to just like fill this this void and like just wanting someone to tell me I was beautiful or that I was worthy or that I was loved when really I just had to look at myself, look at my friends and look at my family. Right. But I was trying to fill it with this intimate relationship. Um, And when I, when I got out of that relationship, it took me a long time to realize like what I no longer wanted and what I, what I did want out of a relationship. And I think that started the process of healing. And then I realized I never, ever really spoke about it. Like my closest friends, you know, people I grew up with in elementary school and high school and university, no one ever knew about my story because I was the girl that, you know, was a makeup artist and I like wore makeup and I always had my hair done. And that was me. But what was it really? It was a facade. It was a lie. It was just a, a, a veil of like hiding from the pain because like, I would never let anybody in. Mm. And then I realized how many other people, women, little girls, when I was 13, imagine how many other 14, you know, now 14 year olds don't look the same when I was 14. <laughs> they don't. Oh they my don't God. look the same. Like what, what are you guys eating? So to me, I'm thinking like, and this is just to keep it real boys are attracted to sexuality at that age. So if at 14, you're looking like you're 20. Yeah. God only know, and you're mentally not there. Yeah. Who knows what you're going to allow in that time, right? Because that's what I did. Yeah. And that kind of led me here to say like, okay, yes, I'm a makeup artist. Yes, I want people to feel beautiful on the outside, but I really want you to fix what's on the inside because 
you'll get older, the makeup will come off the all of that. And what you're going to be left with is your soul and what you see in the mirror. And if you can't sleep at night with yourself, Mm. then what the hell is the point? Right. So I think that led me here to say, like, I'm not going to again, not going to apologize. It's my, my damn story. I'm going to, I'm going to say it like it is. I'm going to explain everything. I'm going to let someone know that you are not alone in your pain and suffering. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like it took me so long, but it also made me realize what I wanted. And you know, when I, when I got married, it was like, I knew I was in the right headspace and I knew what I was going to allow and what I wasn't going to allow. And if that relationship started off understanding my mental health and my anxiety and my PTSD and my depression, then I was going to be able to be okay because my, the person in my corner was always going to be my corner. Mm. Right. But it, but it, you have to figure out that the, you have to heal first and yeah. you have to let that go first, because if you don't heal, it ends up affecting that next relationship and that next relationship. And that's kind of what happened with me, right? Like no relationship was going to work because I was so broken. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like to me now, it's just so important to share that and give these women a voice because more often than not, and like we both know this more often than not, if you're in a toxic relationship, if you're in an abusive relationship, uh, you're not openly talking about that because you're so embarrassed. Embarrassed is a big thing. Guilt is a big thing. Guilt. Shame are big things. These are all what big factors. What could I have done better? Mm-hmm. You know, like that was me. Well, oh my God. Like, okay, I got beat up or I, you know, my, my, my ribs are bruised because I did X, Y, Z, and I should have done ABC, right? Like that's how it was. And I don't want that for anybody because I don't think anyone deserves that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now where everything is just like relationships are not the same as they used to be, you know, when our parents were younger, right? Like everyone is on the quick, it works or it doesn't work. I'm in or I'm out. Like I'm I'm not committed. Situationships. Yeah, right? Like you commit or don't commit because if you don't want to commit, I respect that. Mm -hmm. Take the time to do you, but don't, leave me dangling don't just have me here yeah. on like a leash right yep. yeah yeah and that was so me hot, right that was that that was me too like, I and the thing with girls is we really 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 try and one day we wake up and we say I'm done mm. I tried long enough and I'm done and I'm out yeah. and I think I want every woman to be able to get that if you're in a relationship that is just Mm-hmm. You can heal from toxic relationships. You can heal from abuse. You can heal from cheating. You can heal from those mm-hmm. things in a relationship if both parties recognize their flaws and are able yeah. to fix that. But if one party is like, I don't need to apologize because you deserved all that stuff, yeah. then it's time to go. And I think that's what I want every woman to be able to distinguish the two mm-hmm. and then create those safe boundaries for themselves because no no human being deserves that yeah definitely not um and I think you you spoke on a couple things I want to address my no no don't apologize I'm literally here like this is so validating hearing you speak because it's things that I think about all the time and I'm sometimes I'll be honest I feel like especially with how I see relationships and how I want to be in a relationship I'm like is it just me? Like, is it just me that wants a healthy relationship, a long-term healthy relationship? Like, that's all I want. And it's so like, but it's so good that you you're, you're saying that because some people are like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, he's, he's a bit of a jerk, but it's fine. Oh, I can't. Like I want a healthy relationship. And I think that's such an amazing 
because I'm sure today it wasn't easy for you to say that and to get here, right? Like from where you were to where you are now. Oh, 100%. I used to not even know if it was possible, right? Um, and my biggest thing is identifying, like I'm, a, so where I'm at now in terms of like the whole dating space is yeah. I've had two serious relationships mm-hmm. and I'm currently in the, end of my healing process of my last relationship I've okay. literally been single for the last year like literally exactly a year since all the trauma happened healed mm-hmm. did not talk to anybody nothing and I'm like okay like I'm in a space now where I can you know invite that type of energy back into my life but it is terrifying yeah. and it's so scary and it's overwhelming because I don't want to make a mistake again and I and it's almost like I don't want to repeat patterns. And because a lot of um, our behaviors, like you said, the only one we can hold accountable for certain things is ourself. So being mindful of patterns, being mindful of red flags and not kind of overvigilant. That's something I'm also like trying to avoid. Um, But just being mindful of like, what does a red flag look like? like, Yeah. Yeah, So um, I kind of, and you said something, sometimes the obvious ones are like, you know, that that yeah. that lion character that you were saying yeah. but that little mouse analogy I was like whoa like that so true so it, it's so good it, it's so insane because again like I compare all of my like my list and I I look back and I, I've all I've checked them off I'm like okay this one was a lion and this one was a, a mouse and I realized that you know the lion is like okay yeah they slap you and they kick you in the ribs and they do all the stuff and that's obvious. That's, you know, obviously not a good situation, right? Like anybody can, anyone will be able to tell that, mm-hmm. that, that when I was in these relationships with someone who was a little bit more hard to be able to distinguish those red flags, it was always like a loving relationship. It was like, it started off great. I mean, all relationships start off great, just like abusive, like physically abusive relationships, but the relationship started, started off really great. And then it turned into like, I don't want you doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, if there's a valid reason, if I'm like about to jump off of a building, yeah, okay, maybe you don't want me to do that, right? But if it's like, I'm hanging out with my friends, I don't want you to hang out with your friends or like, I don't want you doing this. And they start to slowly take away things that matter to you, right? They start to pull you away from your friends. They start to pull you away from your family or they tell you how to be, right? Like yeah. I was, I was, I was, I th- when I was in my last relationship before I met my husband, when I was in that relationship, um, I think I was about like in my university year. So I was like seven from 17 to like 22 or whatever it was. Um, And I'm sorry, like that's your party years. Those are your, like your fun, your golden years of like just living life. I don't mean like, you know, doing crazy things. I just mean like just having fun with your friends. Figuring yourself out. Exactly. And uh, it was one of those things and I'm not a huge drinker, but it was one of those things, for example, like, you, you don't, you don't need to be drinking because you're a Brown girl. Well, what does that mean? Like, I'm not getting sloshed and like falling all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. But things like that, or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the gentleman that I was seeing, he was in the music industry. And so for him, you know, he was on tour and doing all the stuff and he never once posted me on his Instagram. And I, and that was really hard for me. And I know it's all this like validation that we need, but it's also weird when he doesn't post you, but then post another one of your girlfriends. And it's like, yeah. and the reasoning he didn't want to post you is because, well, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in a group and I'm a singer and like, it's better for me to look single. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So do your thing. But then 
don't expect and then if like I was chatting with you know if I would if I would have a guy friend it would be like oh you're not allowed to have a guy like things like that I feel like you may not realize because you think like oh someone cares about me so much and they're so protective and they're so yeah. you know so jealous and it's so sweet well it's not it's not sweet it's not healthy mm-hmm. you know jealousy is healthy to a certain extent when mm-hmm. it's when it's like a valid situation but like oh I'm not going to tell my husband don't speak to the the opposite gender whatsoever yeah the question is, do I not trust you? If I don't trust you, why am I with you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like the communication wasn't open. And I think my, my breaking point was when I realized um, that there was so much happening behind my back, mm-hmm. yet he was the person my parents were like, oh, this guy is super sweet. And, you know, our families were close and like all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But they never saw what I was going through, right? Like if we were, had an argument, oh, but we're not actually, we were on and off. So if it was like, oh, if we're having an argument, well, we're not dating. So like, I don't want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. if you wanted some, then it's like, oh, you're my girlfriend my now. Friend. Right. It's yeah. so like whenever it's convenient for you, I'm not, I'm not like a, don't pencil me into your schedule. And mm-hmm. I think those were the harder ones to, to pick up on. And it took me five years to walk out of there. Sorry. Uh, whereas like my abusive relationship, I walked out of there in about a year. Yeah. Right. It was so different for me because for years mm-hmm. and years, I was like, oh, this person loves me so much. Like I'm just being ungrateful. I'm just being ungrateful because like he goes to church and he's so good and he's so sweet and he's so this and so that. And maybe he didn't realize he was being toxic because I do believe he is genuinely a good person, but he was going through his own things. But I don't, it's still not a justification behind your actions, right? And if you don't take responsibility, like if I call you out on your, if you call me out on your stuff and you say, Anika, you know, I think A, B and C was wrong. And I'd be like, okay, well, I think A and B were wrong. I'm sorry about that. But C, maybe not. We can have a conversation. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to come at me and get defensive from the get-go and not even want to look in the mirror and say, like, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. That's a bigger problem. And I think that's where we kind of butt heads a lot. It was like, he never really understood my heart and what I needed. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, like I was in therapy and, you know, I was diagnosed with PTSD, uh, severe severe anxiety and depression right after my suicide attempt. And... Mm -hmm. To him, it was like, you don't need therapy. Like, just suck it up and move on. Yeah. Right? Also, culturally taught to him. Yeah. That's common. But at the same time, you were probably... Well, I don't know what you were taught, but I was taught something similar. And I chose to change that that line of thinking. Because we all have that option. And that was my thing. I don't care if your parents are telling you therapy is not... You know, like, you don't need therapy. That's whatever. That's your parents. But you're a grown-ass man. And you were born and raised here. Like you got to think smarter kid. Like you can't yeah. be a reflection of your parents' ideologies and values and things, and things yeah. like that. They can be your foundation, but you need to think for yourself. And yeah. that was the issue of, and it doesn't matter what you think. If I'm telling you, I need this and I need it to heal and I need it to do all the stuff. Your job as my partner is to support me. Yeah. That's all. I, that's all yeah. it is. Right. Like open communication, respect and honesty. That's all it is. Yeah. And if you don't have those three uh, fundamental steps in your relationship, those aspects, and you're, you're just not going to get anywhere. Yeah, so. that's so true. And I, um, just from observing and like, from what I've seen and people close to me, a lot of people, I think will sometimes not realize that they are part of a, of a toxic relationship or a toxic cycle. And yeah. The reason I say that is because it is very much an addiction um, in the sense because of those high highs and those low lows. lows, And those are actual like chemical releases that you get and you become addicted to that pattern. And that's why a lot of them last for so long because they 
it's the breakups, the makeups, the yeah. the arguments, then the coming back together. The you know they love when it's good. It's really good. That's yeah, a very common it, saying. But when it's bad, yeah. it's really bad. And it that's does. an it becomes like a chemical addiction, literally like any drug. So um, sometimes you don't even realize yeah. you're in that till you're out of it, and you're like, yes. oh you my gosh, yeah. yeah. And I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I knew we were having a chat today and I was thinking about it yesterday and I was thinking like, because Kevin asked me this, he's like, what would you say to yourself, mm-hmm. like your, your, your younger self? And I honestly, when I look at my younger self or when I think about those images in my head, it feels like a different person. It feels like that person is just a reflection. Like I can't even explain it. It just feels mm-hmm. like I'm watching an out, it's like an out of body experience. Yeah. Right. And, and what you said was, so spot on of like the chemicals chemical releases of such high highs and such low lows because I would have low lows to the point where I was like screaming into my into my pillow because the anxiety was so bad and I would have panic attacks on the on the on the daily when I was in that relationship and I realized that my that that relationship was my trigger yes I allowed so much stuff if it's I don't I think it's so disrespectful in any relationship, whether it's your friendship, whatever it may be, yeah. if you are choosing to not share emotionally with me, but you're choosing to share with another girl, for example, if I'm your girlfriend, I expect you to share the real life-ish with me, mm-hmm. not with some random. Yeah, right? 100%. And you need to do that. And if you want, and I remember he said this to me and I was like, wait, that is the most, I was like, I'm done. It was... I'm in such a bad place and I just want the attention from the girls. So then do that. Yeah. But let me go. Yeah. Right? I don't think that it's fair. And I, and the, the moment he woke up was when I was out of that relationship and I had met my husband at that point. And then he saw that I was like seeing yeah. someone and we got serious very quickly, you know, and even after we got engaged is when he would start reaching out to me. And for like two years into my marriage or not into my marriage, into me dating my husband, he, my ex was around and it was very much like trying to get my attention. Mm -hmm. And my husband could have easily been like, I'm done. Like, this is so ridiculous. But he was like, I think that you need to heal. And I think he needs to heal because I was so honest about every conversation I ever had with my ex. Wow. That level of respect from a, from a man, from a level of comfort, Wow. And like, we have no secrets. I mean, mm-hmm. what more could you ask for? Right. And if that, when he said that to me, I was like, wait, he's saying to me, he wants attention from other girls. And you're saying to me that it's okay for me to ex- like heal because I need my closure. And you knew how hard that was for me. Like th- these are two different human beings, yeah. completely wow. spectrums, right? Like it makes you, it's like a, it's like a wake up call. You realize. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's, I really like that. That's actually, that's really, oh, wow. I like that. <laughs> He was so like, and I remember asking him, like, babe, are you sure? Like, this is weird. He's like, listen, you need to heal because if you don't heal from this relationship, you and I are not getting anywhere. And I have nothing to worry about because yeah. you're so honest with me about everything. You yeah. tell me, I literally tell him like the most mundane, boring yeah. things of my day to this day. So for him, he was like, what do I have to worry about? You tell me everything mm. and you tell me. And because he understood my mental health, my husband understood my mental health and my, my, mm. you know, my, all of my diagnosis. Um, he never wanted me to not get what I needed mentally mm-hmm. in order for my healing because he never wanted me to go back. Mm. And he kind of understood that like maybe my ex also had the same. 
Mm. Right. Because when, when I left, I think it was like his trigger and he had a breakdown. Yeah. Um, and my, my, my husband realized he was like, I don't want him or you to have to go through that. It, wow. The relationship is over, but there's so much healing because you guys have been part of each other's lives for like, you know, I was dating, I dated him for five, but we've known each other for like 10. Yeah. So it was hard. Yeah, that is, that's a lot. Yeah. The, what that makes me think of just from like, I always tie in my psychology background, but there's different attachment styles. And yes. they say one of the best ways for someone who has um, an insecure or uh, maladaptive attachment style is to be with someone who has a secure attachment style, yes. um, which is very healing. And yes. I'm just like, okay, like this is literally a real life example. I love it. Um, my que- This is just me think like a question that just came to mind. Yeah. Um, because it's what I'm trying to manifest into my life. Yeah. But, um, when you met your husband, mm-hmm. how were you able to dif- differentiate the difference and know and be able to trust that this is something that is healthy for you? Because that is something that I still have a lot of trouble with. Um, because for so long, like it's sad to say, like I started to question my own judgment with people because okay. I was like, well, I clearly can't, can't tell because I'm not choosing to be in these situations so um I wanted to know like what helped you or what were like telling signs or was it uncomfortable or obvious at first like honestly we we joke about this all the time because for me I was in so many bad relationships and um, and it's funny because my husband actually met my husband I was when I was in grade 10 he's my best friend from high school his her cousin so I've known for a very long time, but when we reconnected in our adulthood, um, it was like, we just kind of went out. Like it was a bunch of us. We went bowling and it was like very chill and he was very flirty. And I remember being like, oh, you're just such a Spanish boy. Like you're so flirty, you know, thinking that way. And we spoke nonstop for the first week and I never saw him that week. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this. But when I saw him on our first date, I have never once, he was the first person I ever had such an open conversation with. Like you and mm. I have an open conversation now because I'm in a different place. Yeah. This, this conversation my husband and I had was like six years ago, wow. right? So six years ago, I wasn't where I, where, where I am now. And my, our first date, I told him everything and wow. he didn't judge me. He didn't say anything about my abusive relationship. He didn't say anything about my suicide attempt. And we sat there in the mall at the movie theaters on the stairs and we just talked for like three hours. Wow. And I, I remember walking away from our first date, mind you, I remember walking away from our first date and I, when I hugged him, I said, I love you. And I'm thinking like, there's no way this kid's going to call me back because the, I love you slipped out. Wow. And we joke about it all the time because he's like, you know, you said you, I love you on our first date. And I said, yeah, but I think my heart recognized you wow. and my mind hadn't recognized you yet. Like my heart, and I said that in our vows because I said, "You make fun of me for saying I love you, but my heart recognized you before my my mind even did." And I think just like a pull, I think having such Mm. vulnerability and such acceptance at the same time from someone who I didn't know really that well, right? Like I never had that even with my family. That was my first thing, and. Um, I think it was like a month later. We and we kind of because of that because everything was so so quickly like comfortable with us we we became serious very quickly and I think it was like our first month I had a very severe panic attack 
And I was terrified because I was with him and I didn't know how he was going to be. It is one thing to say like, oh, I, I'll be there for you. But it's another thing to like be there. Oh, in that moment, right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. This is like a test. yeah, like, oh, are you sure? So when I had that panic attack, I remember I, I could feel it. And I just went to the bathroom and he was like, okay, whatever. She's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was like five minutes, but I think he maybe felt something. It, I wasn't in there too long. And he came in and we sat on the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. He put his arms around me. I couldn't breathe. And he just rocked me back wow. and forth and said, breathe with me. Just have your breath synchronize with my breath breathe with me. And I, and I asked him, I'm like, how do you know how to do this? Cause no one in my life has ever said this to me. And he goes, I don't know. I just feel like that's what you needed. <laughs> how? Right. Like dead, 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 dead. I was like, boy, like wh- where have you been? And it was so like, I realized I don't have to hide my panic attacks. I don't have to hide mm-hmm. my medication that I was taking at that time. I don't have to hide the pain. I don't have to hide my, my physical scars from these relationships. I don't have to do that because this man sees what's inside of me. And this vessel that I'm talking about is irrelevant because to him, it's about what's inside. And to him, it's about what's, it's about nurturing and caring for and working on and connecting with you and your soul. And that, I think since then, I think it was just like, it was easier for me to recognize that he was so kind and understanding and genuine. And to this day, like if I have a moment, you know, like he, he'll, and I still hide sometimes. Like sometimes I still don't want to share. I still want, you know, I, I don't want to put that at another human because I also don't think it's right. And if my husband, for example, is having a rough day because he's human, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that you have the capacity for me in a moment. Right. So sometimes I still hide and he's the first one to call me out on it and be like, babe, like something is wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 nothing is wrong. He's like, are you kidding me? We've been together for six years. Why are you still hiding from me? You know, and to have someone make you have someone make you want to be fully you, there's nothing better than that. Right. And I think in any relationship, I would rather show them the not so perfect side of life first. I agree. Handle that then you're good, right? Everyone is so, and it's not easy. It's not like I just found this in a second, right? Like it, for you being in the dating world and like opening yourself up to like, is that a possibility? The first, because you took that year off, the first thing I would put, I would, I would, if you need to write it down on a list, I would make a list and say like, this is what I will allow in a relationship. This is what I want in a relationship. And if that means that you need to be single for a year longer or two years longer, take it because everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be 30 and be single. Why? Because society's telling you not to be 30 and be single. Who cares about what society says? Do what you got to do on your own damn time, because whatever is meant for you will always come, right? Don't force it. If and as women, we have something amazing called a gut. If your gut feeling is telling you no, yeah. don't doubt your, like, for, like, you know, you said this to me, you said, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't feel like I'm able to make decisions, like judgment decisions. Mm-hmm. No, you are. And, mm-hmm. but you, before you may not have listened to them and now is your time to listen, right? So because true. what you're feeling Has is always been your, right. <laughs> it's your body's reaction. It's always, always been right. right always been right as your body's reaction right like fight versus flight if you feel like you're not comfortable and you're not safe and someone is not making you feel good and someone's make you feel small then it's time to walk away and I, and I don't mean this like you know my marriage is peaches and, and and meadows I mean like it's hard work it's daily work you put yeah. in the work but both of us put in the work both yeah. of us there are there emotionally 
you know, we want to have fun, but we also want to be there for each other emotionally, because at the end of the day, we're building a life together. Mm -hmm. And one day we will have kids and we will grow. And I, you know, if with my diagnosis, I don't know if my mental health will pass down onto my children. I don't know that, but you need to be able to handle that. And if we're getting married and life is going to throw some ugliness at you, you need to be, I need to know, and you need to know that we can both handle this together. Mm-hmm. And that was a telling sign in my, in, you know, when I met my husband of, and I'm never going back to anything. And, you know, it wasn't like our journey was easy either. Like, you know, we had some hardships. We, you know, broke up for a little bit. We broke up for about two months. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was more so like our relationship was getting so serious so fast for both of us. Um, and we both kind of panicked. And so we took some time apart and two months later we got back together. We moved in in a couple of months and then we got engaged the next year. Like it was all so fast, but yeah. it's okay to say like, I love you, but I need time. Cause that's what we did. Right. I love you so, so much, but I need time and you need time. And as long as you respect that, yeah. and, you know, don't push for forcing a relationship um, it'll come back if it's meant for yours. And my mom always said this, she's like, whatever's meant for you will come to you. And, da, 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 da. and it's so easy to say that when you're not experiencing heartbreak, <laughs> but it's so true. You know, and I'm saying this from someone who's experienced heartbreak and heard that it is true. Like it's painful, but don't not acknowledge your pain, acknowledge mm-hmm. all of your pain, acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge your trauma, acknowledge your healing. Um, and, and believe in the fact that you will be in a relationship with someone who's going to appreciate you for all of you, the good, bad, the ugly, the not, you know, like everything, because you deserve that. And you deserve to feel accepted on any given day, whether that's a good day or a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I just went to church. This is great. Um, No, like that's so spot on. Um, Yeah. And these are very much lessons that I've learned and I want to put into practice. Um, it's just like going into spaces now that can be triggering, you know, they they say like your first healthy relationship after is probably the hardest because you're Mm -hmm. dealing with all these triggers and you're like, you, you don't want to self-sabotage either. So yes, that's a big one too. So, um, that's something I think if you recognize like, you know, self-sabotage was a big thing for me because like, if something was too perfect, I went and destroyed it. Like that was me. Cause I was like, you know, like I can't handle the two perfectness. So let's make a mess. Yeah. Um, and I think if you recognize your triggers in advance, right? Like if you say like, okay, for me for a very long time, if someone flinched, I would flinch. Like if someone just mm-hmm. moved too quickly, I would flinch because I'm thinking like, are you going to come at me? Mm-hmm. And so I recognize, and then I would start lashing out on boyfriends and I would, and I recognize that like, it's not fair, mm-hmm. but when you're genuinely healed, yeah. even though there may be triggers, and I don't mean like healed completely done and because it's always going to be there. Trauma is always going to be. I saw this um, analogy on Instagram actually, which was perfect. Uh, this girl, she squished up a piece of paper and she said, this is you and you're perfect. And then she scrunched up the piece of paper and she said, when you're healing, the paper is going to come, you know, it's going to come straight, but it's always going to have all those wrinkles yeah. in there. Right. And that's trauma. Trauma is always going to be in your body. But as long yeah. as you recognize your triggers, right? Like if that's a specific restaurant or a specific environment or specific people or songs or conversations smells all of our senses are attached to something yeah um if you recognize that it's a trigger before that trigger fully hits you um the likeliness of you lashing out on the other person especially if you're in a coming from a place of healing are less likely right so if 
your first relation, first healthy relationship after the fact, I would hope that you would share mm-hmm. the past struggles in that relationship. So that when, so that when the, when that event of a, a lashing out of a space of a trigger comes, comes to the other person, they're more willing to accept you because they've been like pre-warned, right? Like mm-hmm. they know, like my husband knew I had anxiety. He knew I had PTSD. So when I had that anxiety attack, as opposed to being like, what the hell is happening? He just sat on the floor and rocked me. Right. And that was comforting in that moment. And then we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. But if you're going to ask me what's wrong in the moment where I can't breathe, it's not happening. I like, you know, I can't breathe. I don't know what's like, what do you mean? What's wrong? I can't breathe. Right. Yeah. So it's things like that. And, and, when you share so openly and be accepted so openly. And if you're not, then that's not your circle, right? Like it's okay to, it's okay to say like, okay, this is still not, it's healthy, but it's still not for me. It's healthy, but it's still not for me because this is, I need so much more. And it's okay. Again, it's okay to, to know your self-worth and ask for so much more Mm -hmm. because you deserve it. And it's out there, right? Like there's so many people out there. Don't limit yourself to say like, society's telling me at this age, I should be in this situation in my life. And I, hate that for people like you know a lot of my girlfriends are older and haven't got married and that's okay what what yeah. if if you don't but then they get worried because their families ask them yeah. my thing is always like are you ready though for a relationship are you ready to be there because if you were you would be looking and the fact that you're not looking mm-hmm. it's because your your heart is not there, not there. yeah right so that's true. okay and that's and okay yeah totally fine I think yeah. the hardest relationship is with yourself yes um and getting to that place and that's something I'm so grateful that I've been actively doing it. And it yeah. honestly, I think is what saved me in my second relationship because yeah, when it ended, I, even though it ended and it was horrible, I wasn't destroyed. Like I was still a whole being. I was still good. I was so content with the level of like integrity I had carried yeah. throughout, the, yeah. um, how, how I had dealt with um, at least my mental health struggles. Um, but I definitely also took away some trauma from it and took away things that I was like oh shoot like that was more subtle yeah but, like those are signs that like not it for me yeah um and I think that's a big one too like in general sometimes we also speak about relationships in a romantic sense but a lot of my healing or things I had to identify was also in friendship relationships like yes. that can also be very toxic and mm-hmm. I think that's also that's often um not discussed as much and yeah those can be there are a lot too and those play a lot in my like trauma and how I maneuver um I almost feel like my my trauma in terms of relationships is just as equal for a friendship relationship yes and that's Uh, so normal yeah and it it, because it's a little less talked about it's not as clear Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize they're in those situations and they're reproducing those patterns um but a lot of my healing um in the last year has been not necessarily creating romantic relationships, but, you know, navigating through new friendships and friendships. understanding dynamics and how can I be vulnerable and, you know, feeling like <clears throat> I'm not too much, you know, and seeing mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. someone could be my friend and love me, then that is so possible. You know, I can have that foundation. Yeah. And a big thing that I try and remind myself is I'm capable of loving someone who is yeah. imperfect. So there yeah. is so much capability. Of and we're else all imperfect. Her. We all have something right and we're not perfect and if you're expecting someone to be perfect you're you're in you're in denial and you're delusional right and what you said it's so important to recognize that toxicity lays in friendships intimate relationships 
family dynamics, family, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have so I have so many family members who have said to me, "Oh, you know, I, my weight has always fluctuated because I've struggled for so long." But Same. oh, you've gained weight. I know I've gained weight. I know, right? Oh, you got like, oh, you're like a lot heavier than when we last saw you. Like those are comments that are they sting and they hurt. And it's also just like, don't body shame me, right? Like yeah. I'm healthy. So why does it matter? Yeah. And you also don't know my internal struggles for you to be yeah. throwing, you know, shade at, at me uh, in, in friendships, right? Like if I'm going to share with you openly, I would hope that as my friend, you would hold space for me and open your heart to understanding where I'm coming from, even if it's not something that you resonate with, mm-hmm. right? Because that's important. And when you look at friendships, which is a big one for me, you have to sometimes reevaluate and redraw those lines. You yeah. can still have people in your life, but maybe redraw them and maybe know that in this event, you're not going to be my first phone call. You're not even going to be my second phone call. And that's okay because we have a, di- we have a surface relationship. And then there's like the really deep ones where you can go into talking yeah. about everything. There's my one girlfriend where I talk to her about everything, about faith, about pain, about anything. Yeah. And there's other girlfriends where I just talk to about like, how's your day going? And that's, it's okay because you're serving your purpose as that friend. And yeah. I'm serving that purpose as that friend for you Yeah, and vice versa. Right. So um, we're so afraid of, especially when you get like older in life, sometimes a lot of people feel like these are the friends I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And it's okay to say, I don't want to be friends with you. If you continue this behavior, it's okay to draw those lines and say like, look, this is what I need from you emotionally. But if we're going to be just surface friends, then let me know. So I can, I can re like, you know, I can check my priorities because if I'm giving you so much and you're just taking, and then you just bash me, it's not okay. Yeah. Right. And there's toxic positivity. So it's like, it's all a bunch of, yeah. recognizing what again when I when I when I say this of like what do you want out of life and what do you want out of relationships I mean all relationships right all of them reevaluation yeah draw your boundaries draw your lines write out what you want out of life manifest that right like pray about it manifest it and ask Mm -hmm. that whatever is supposed to be yours will be yours and never lose focus of that never lose focus off the don't play the comparison game on Instagram because it's all bull don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. It's all bullshit. Like it is. people's lives, people's money. Like you don't, if someone is rolling in all of this money, all of these fancy clothes and jewelry and da da da, well, you don't know if they're in debt. So don't compare. No. Yeah. Okay. Like don't, just don't be you because that's who you were always supposed to be. Your purpose is to be you and yeah. be holy and fully because when we leave this earth, we are going to leave the vessel and we're going to take our souls. Yeah. And if your soul is not, fulfilled and enriched mm. and fed and nurtured mm. like it's supposed to be then you're killing every part of you yeah literally right? wow live on wow. that you should be nurturing is the part that we keep forgetting about because that's the part of you that will live on is mm. your soul like, what are you going to do with a hundred like i saw jeff bezos and elon musk's net worth what are you going to do with that money right like mm. give back do something more just live a f- more fulfilled life it's yeah. not just chasing the dollar bill or chasing a relationship it's about filling your soul with things that make you genuinely happy you said some some gems right there (laughs) wow that I'm gonna journal this later (laughs) I'm journaling that later that's a gem um no that's so spot on it's um I definitely think I'm in that process of like identifying like uh, trying to be a little bit more mindful of identifying 
what is for me and what is not. And a big mistake, I think, you know, a lot of people do is overstaying in situations. Um, that's a common thing, especially in toxic relationships or friendships or making excuses for someone else or being overly empathetic because we have such this, um, this beautiful quality of empathy and, you know, we're kind hearted. And it's something that I get so angry about sometimes because I love so hard. Sometimes, um, the person on the other end knows that and they use it to their advantage to make me feel guilty or to feel, um, shameful for even wanting to leave, you know, and, um, this is in friendships as well for make, uh, making me feel bad. And then I'm like, wait, how am I the one apologizing? I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> yeah. The switch. I'm like, why is it? But that comes from their own insecurities, right? Of like telling you like, oh, you can't do better than me and you can't have a better friend than me. And like mm-hmm. all of these things, that's narcissistic behavior. That is, mm. is well, the way, when you act like that, that lets me know that you feel entitled to mm. my presence in your life. Mm. But you don't have anything to hold my presence in your life. So what, like, figure that out. If you hold my value, like I deserve to be held, then we can continue this relationship. But if you're going to guilt me because you're getting defensive because you know that I can do better, Mm -hmm. better, that's narcissistic behavior. And that's something that's, I I, I can't. Yeah, the narcissistic behavior is big. I think another, um, and I'm still kind of, because it's used so loosely, the whole gaslighting concept, um, I think gaslighting and manipulation sometimes can be, used as synonymous but I know they're a little different at times um I think that's also an important thing gaslighting the way I understand it is gaslighting is kind of uh how do I want to describe gaslighting trying to think of an example but gaslighting to me is basically like using something that someone has said or their reality against them to kind of make them re-question the their truth it's like oh well uh it almost makes you feel like your sanity is being questioned you feel you literally start feeling crazy yeah Yeah. you're like yeah when you know something is not I hate that so that state of like crazy I always tell my guy friends I'm like do you know why women act crazy it's because you rob us of our reality yes And, and like that is literally it like you are asking us to live in this altered state when we feel so intensely that something isn't right but we don't have anything based like concrete to kind of move forward whether to leave to stay so we're in this state of limbo and that's where the quote-unquote crazy comes from because you are robbing us of even making us this choice and my best friend always says this quote um a thief robs you of your money but a liar robs you of your reality and Um, it's always stuck with me because that's very much the bare minimum. Like at least give me all the information so I can make a decision for myself that I can live with. Absolutely. So that's been a huge one. Cause I, the gaslighting feeling crazy, like literally call me crazy, you know, like it's cause of being in that state, um, for so long. And then anxiety comes into play. Cause yeah, now you're anticipating, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're being told like, if someone was like, Baz, like what you said to me right now, like that is so off, you're way off and da, da, da. but you know, it's the truth. And yes, feel crazy. Then you're like, hold on. If I'm, if I felt so, if I'm so convinced that I was right about this and apparently I'm wrong, yes. then what else am I wrong about? But really, maybe you're not wrong about anything. I mean, yes. not like, you know, in this conversation here, but right. And it, it makes you question everything in yeah. your 
then, right? Okay, so is that relationship wrong or am I crazy? Okay, is that relationship wrong or am I crazy? And really, it's just one per- person trying to change the narrative and trying to take back the power. Mm. As long as they make you feel crazy, you'll never walk away. Mm. You'll always feel like, okay, they're the ones that are telling me when I'm being crazy. So maybe they're in it. They're my best interest is at heart, you know? Like, yeah. Not, maybe I am crazy. And then you start questioning everything and you everything. start your, your value, your self-value, your, your worth, your, your confidence, mm. your love. Like it just shatters. Yeah. It is. And once that shatters, it, you have to pick up the pieces and Oof. you can never fix glass the same way. Right. Yeah. It's always going to be like that. So, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with knowing that like I've glued back pieces together and you can see the, the cracks. I'm okay with that because you know mm. what? Like, I'm strong today and I'm sharing it today and we're sharing it today, I should say, because there's girls like you and me who have no one to talk to, mm-hmm. have no, again, may feel like they're being crazy, but really are they being crazy? Right. And to know that like, we've all been called that we've all been called the psycho bitch and all of that stuff. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you're not. And you shouldn't ever be made to feel that way and you shouldn't be with someone who ever makes you feel that way period Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so spot on and um you said picking up the pieces and the healing process um I want to know just to kind of tie everything together is there any tools or things that help you during your healing journey I know we spoke about like the the beginning like and then the end but like what happened in between like what was what are things yeah so in between, I I think it started from my suicide attempts. I was fifth. I was fifteen years old. Wow, oh, baby. Yeah, I was a baby. Um, it, I was. I think I was fifteen. Just and I just turned sixteen, so it was like ten days after my birthday. Um, and it started from then. And bec- so any suicide attempt, if they take you to the hospital, they will bring um a therapist to come speak to you, obviously for obvious reasons. And I think that forced me to, because I had no choice. I was stuck in the hospital for four days. Um, and that got me to therapy. When I started therapy, I loved it for a little bit, but it was hard for me because again, everyone in my family, my boyfriend at the time, everyone was like, you don't need therapy. And you're just, you know, like suck it up. And I'm like, guys, I just had a suicide attempt. Like how, but again, questioning my own reality, my own sanity, thinking like, Oh, I don't really need therapy. I'm fine. Um, so I stepped away from it and that kind of is when I really spiraled and started hitting rock bottom. Like every relationship was really bad. Um, and I was, I think about 21, 22 when I went back into therapy, mm. um, but I was pumped with so many medications. It's unreal. And I felt more sick and more crazy when I was taking that medication. Mm. And I don't know if it was just what I was taking, but I said to myself, I'm done. I'm not taking this anymore and I need to do something else. Um, and so I, I did CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Love it. Um, yeah, love it. I did CBT for about six months. Um, I journal all the time, yeah. all the time. My journal, which is downstairs, it doesn't even look like a human wrote in it sometimes. Like mm. sometimes if I'm angry, it's just like scribbles. And when I mean scribbles, I mean like just lines and you could see the anger. And I like that because I feel like I'm, a, I want to have a creative outlet, I also have my makeup artistry because that was my safety net when I was in my physically abusive relationship to hide everything. So mm-hmm. when I have anxious, when I have an anxiety attack or when I sense that I'm feeling really anxious, I sit in front of my mirror and I just go to it because it's my art. Mm-hmm. Uh, but journaling, you know, I pray a lot. So journaling, prayer, mm-hmm. um, 
my artistry, those are things that have kept me grounded yeah. to find, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever, because some people do self-medicate and yeah. my heart them because it's like, a lot of people would blame you be like, oh, why are you taking drugs? But they don't understand the internal pain. that you're I, can, to- I could understand why. Like, I almost like, I get it. Unless you've experienced, unless you've felt it, unless you've felt that sort of pain in your life, you yeah. don't understand person is going through and yeah. there's some people who have experienced such trauma like if for someone like with me with PTSD like I could have spiraled and I could have you know done all the drugs in the world and I was with some really bad crowds and I realized like what the hell am I doing with my life like this is mm. not what I'm here for um and that was part of my healing it was just recognizing that like I have so much mm. worth but it took me a long time to see that mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think just when I journaled and when I wrote everything out and when I like, now when I go back and I read old entries, it's so liberating to know that that person who's writing that and the person who's reading it, two different people, two different lifetimes even. Yeah. And it's so comforting to know that what the, the amount of pain I was in when I was writing those messages and or those entries and what I'm at now, it's so night and day. Mm. And I think when you journal and you read what you're writing... Because not, that's you telling yourself. There's no one else telling you, right? It's not like someone telling you, Baz, you're, you know, you're being crazy or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. It's your own shit that you're yeah. reading. And the only person that you're getting validation from is yourself. Yeah. And when you read that and when you say it and you look at it and you look at it and you say, what the hell kind of entry is this? Mm-hmm. Then you realize like, okay, but, th- but this is what I'm allowing though, right? Like mm-hmm. it's right here what I'm allowing. Mm. that was big that was huge for me I would read old entries and I'm like this is this is so not okay like if you love me you would never do this to me Mm. um and I I tell everybody all the time like whatever you feel write it out journal like I write so much now because of that like that was my process right like Mm. having I read a lot like a a lot of um the happiness project which is by Gretchen someone her last name is amazing love that book I love that books out there that like when you read them and you recognize those behaviors in your own life and your own relationship and what you want out of it and you to know from somebody else right like it's 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 comforting and you have to look no you have to go to the places that are going to accept you Mm. for that trauma and you know that's exactly how naturally uniques came about right like I wanted a environment and a safety a safe zone for these women and even men to talk about mm-hmm. anything they've been through openly and honestly because I will never ever judge you because I've been there yeah. right I want to be part of your healing because it took me so long to get to where I am now and to now feel like I'm in a mm. happy healthy relationship but I don't want someone else to take 15 years to figure that out I want you to be able to figure it out in you know, less time if I can help it. And that's kind of what it's about. Like, why, why am I going to watch you suffer if I can just help you not suffer? Right. Or like help you feel normal or like that way you're going to be ridiculous. If there's anything that could come from my pain is to give back and make this pain mean something more than just me suffering. Mm. I have a purpose. And I think that's why I feel called to do this because my, now I feel like my pain was not for nothing. Yeah. I went through it so that tomorrow I can help a 14-year-old get out of an abusive 
abusive relationship, that I can help a 21 year old get out of a toxic relationship, you know, with a narcissist. Like there's so much that I want to do and give. And I refuse to sit back and say like, oh, well, you know, I've been there, but like you guys figure it out. I refuse Mm -hmm. to do that. So Yeah. No, I love that so much. Um, There's this power in transmuting your pain into multiple forms of healing. And I sometimes almost look at it as like, maybe I was here to go through this pain to help people heal. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I get like in that process, I'm healing as well. Like every time I connect with someone, I feel like a little part of me is healing and it's very much part of my process. Um, and I like that you said also men, um, I have friends who've been in abusive relationships or toxic relationships and they've been men. So I think that's also really important that you said that. And just the overall journey, like everyone's journey is different. Um, but if someone is able to kind of be like, Hey, like, I don't want you to go through this alone or have to learn the lessons that I did. Like, that's all I ever wanted when I was going through what I was going through. I just wanted someone to see me you know yeah. yes yeah yeah to feel heard because in that relationship you you feel invisible you feel like an empty vessel right yeah. so to feel to create a community a, a, mm. and, and also to create awareness that like this is real shit people deal with real. on a day basis yeah like we're lucky enough to sit in this conversation like not in these situations but imagine all those people who are listening to us who are in that situation and yeah. don't have a way out or don't feel like they're able to have a conversation with someone who understands what they're going through and that's all this is about right it's creating an environment because lord knows i didn't have anything i didn't have Mm -hmm. friends i didn't have family i didn't have you know i was so embarrassed so i didn't even search for therapy i didn't know what circles to go through and now we have social media so there's so many groups and women and people that you can connect with like you and i connected that way right Mm -hmm. knowing that they you're not, you're so not alone in your pain and yeah. there's so much to look forward to and such yes. a side to all of this pain that you're going through because you will be healed as long as you're willing to try. Like my thing is just never give up on yourself. Never. Yeah. You are always going to have to live with you. You can't break up with you. You have yeah. to live with them. So yeah. fix that, work on that relationship because it is the best relationship you can have in your life. Is yeah, you. it is. And it's the longest. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. Um, I think just being mindful that as isolated as you might feel, there's always someone that wants to be there for you. And that's something I didn't realize at the time. I'm also going to put in description and obviously on my Instagram, I'm working on a resource guide, but for anyone who specifically wants to look um, at trauma therapy or, you know, centers and stuff. And if you have any resources, I would more than like love to have those. Um, because sometimes people don't even know where to start. It's just a very overwhelming place. Um, And even if it means like reaching out to us, we can always direct you to those. Um, And I will never judge someone for reaching out. Like I'm just here to like be that bridge to connect you to your, your safe place and community and tribe is so important to me. So I'm always, like we don't have compassion and love for other people. We have nothing. That's what Like I, you know, like you can make all the money in the world and you can be a ship person and it doesn't yeah. matter. So mm-hmm. I, I've just stopped chasing because I feel like as long as you live a life of service to mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. whatever happened in your life will be taken care of, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to go and whatever you're supposed to be, whatever opportunities you're supposed to, uh, 
pulled towards you, they will come because uh, you're just, you're, you're coming from a place of love and service towards other people. And I think that we, 2021, we can learn a lot from that because everyone is just looking to make a quick dollar or looking to benefit off of a relationship with someone mm-hmm. like, I mean, in a professional setting or, you know, intimate setting. But as long as you put yourself and that love and respect for someone else first, mm-hmm. I think you're going about life just right right and and that's what we are we're just trying to make them know that we're here we're listening we're 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 cheering you on because we didn't have that and always be that cheerleader because it is the greatest support system when you hear from someone who's experienced the exact same thing that you've experienced Mm -hmm. yeah so validating oh my gosh I love it um so just to conclude I usually like to end it on a small joy just because the topics can get heavy and I never want anyone to leave this heavy um what's something that's kind of brought you joy or gotten you through the week um any anything could be literally anything let's see I know I need to think of mine I'm like oh god 2021 is just an extension of 2020 in a way like I just a little bit yeah I feel that heavy. Honestly, I think just the joy in this, the last year and a half Mm -hmm. has been meeting people like you who Mm -hmm. are just so beautiful on the inside, on the outside, just like down to earth, genuine, real people and real connections. And I'm so thankful for the journey that I'm on because I've met such amazing people um, and they've shared with me which I think is such an honor that someone shares with me so openly and honestly about their own life and they've never Mm. met me in person or never met me, period. Um, I think that's such a beautiful thing to find because Mm. now relationships aren't the same. And so when you find someone who shares with you or that you can share with, it's beautiful and it's, it's something to hold on to. And, you know, I've had so many people message me in the last even six months after like either a live or a specific post and that post resonates with them and they are thankful uh, that I talk about my abuse and I talk about my suicide and talk about my mental health diagnosis um, because they have also experienced that and yet they've never felt comfortable to share that. But when you see someone else share it, then it makes you realize that like if they're sharing it, I can share it too because it's my damn story and I'm still worthy this this is part of my life but it's not my entire life right like all of that trauma is in my past all the healing is in my future and my marriage is in my future and that's what I look forward to but meeting people who are just gems and just so I feel like my soul is being fed and that's been Mm. part of it all because like this conversation is soul feeding this, these, you know, you just, you walk away feeling so uplifted, even if it was a heavy conversation because yes. you see hope and you see light. Yeah. And that's just been so heartwarming and it yes. makes me realize because there's days where I'm like, I'm not reaching anybody. And then those conversations happen and it brings me so much happiness because I feel like the person who I was supposed to reach today, that one person I, I reached them and my job is done. And every day, if you hit one more person and you reach one other person, like you just can't go wrong. Like it's just, it's, and it has that butterfly effect. You don't even know like what is, what, like to what degree you're reaching either. Yeah. Who's listening? Who's watching? Who's, you know, in the, because a lot of people who experience trauma and toxicity, won't openly message you on the first try, right? It takes a lot of time to have those 
conversations. Yeah. So when you have those messages slide into your DMs and that person is telling you something, wow. what yeah. more could you ask for, right? Like yeah. they don't know and they've just confided in you so openly. That makes yeah. me feel I'm opening up your heart yeah. and I'm opening up you, your understanding to your own self-worth and self and mm. give yourself that self-love that you deserve so you can come out of this toxic, toxicity that you're, that you're yes. in. Yes. Right. So they're just, they're hard to find. They're hard to find that relationship. And when they come, I hold on to them because they're important. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. No, I love it. I'm literally like, yes. And it's kind of crazy because, like, very much like, first of all, this conversation fed my soul. Like I said, I feel like I went to church. Like, I don't know. But um, my, my biggest thing, my, so I'm at my parents right now and my little sister, she asked me, um, like, how are you this morning? And I was like, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful, not necessarily like, you know, I'm grateful to be alive, but I'm just grateful to have the people that I have. And I realize I've come a long way from feeling alone, yeah. like really feeling alone to now I like, I don't feel al- like I may be going through stuff, but I don't feel alone. And it's game changing, like it's been game changing. And, you know, to feel like you can rely on your family or, you know, um, rely on a one, two person is like, it's really all you want in life. Like, that's all I really want is to have these strong, like unquestionable bonds and relationships. And I honestly could go through anything like I'm able to face life wholeheartedly. And that's been my my, well, it's not small, but it's been bringing me joy throughout like these little obstacles I've been going through in the last like couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, that's very much. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy that we say that, oh, that's just small. It's not because yeah. remember, right? Like we have one, two, a one, two person in our life to, to confide in and not everyone has that, right? It's, it's true. So, it's such a big yeah. world and a lot of people feel so empty and I'm so happy that you have, you know, and you like, you need to know this and no matter what how we met you can always message me we can always have these conversations in our own time right like these are these situationships and friendships that build because they build off of someone's story and truth and pain and the bonding right like what you may be going through I may have gone through two years ago Mm. and I can guide you through it like that's why I'm doing any of this right so it's just you know when we say we're grateful for that. We also have to really understand the magnitude of how great that really is because not everybody has a person. Mm-hmm. And growing up, everyone wants to be the popular kid. And when you get to a certain age in your life, you realize like, I just need two people in my life that mm-hmm. I can hold, that will hold me down no matter what I go through. Mm-hmm. And when you start really releasing all of the pain and trauma you experience out into the world, the people who were meant to stay will stay. And the people yeah. who freak out and walk away, walk away. And that's mm. just like a re-evaluation of your life, right? Like it's like a reorganization of your closet. It's just all it is. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing to have that. And I'm so happy that you have that because isolation and pain is the worst. It's the worst. It's literally the worst. It's the last thing I want anyone to experience. Um, and just before we close, there's something you said about when you first met your husband, your heart Yes. New before your mind did. And I feel like that's what a lot of these like connections I've been making have been. It's like, I'm a very closed off person. So when I do have conversations and I'm candid, it's like, 
this, I'm like, well, what is happening? Like, this is not a conscious thing that I'm doing. It's a very like organic, but mm-hmm. something about it feels like I can and it's right and it's easy and it flows. And um, what you said, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, my heart. Right? Like you finally having moments where you can open up and mm-hmm. can start to feel comfortable. And that, that, that's such a beautiful part of your healing because now you you're taking back your space and you're taking back your power and you're taking back your voice mm-hmm. for so long, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to say what I feel. And it's not easy, but the fact that you and I even had this conversation to begin with, it's 10 steps ahead of maybe what you were a year ago, right? Like it's so, yeah. Girls celebrate that. That is amazing. Ah! So good. I know. Uh, I still have ways to go, but I definitely like have but celebrate all the little wins. The like wins. One step back and you took half, a, oh, sorry, one step forward and half a step mm. back. Celebrate that half step forward, you know, like celebrate yes. the little things because nobody else is going to celebrate you if you don't celebrate you. That part. Yeah. That part. <laughs> I love it. Um, so where can we find you? Where can we connect with you, Naturally Neeks? Uh, so you can connect with me on Instagram, naturally.neeks, or you can get me on my blog, which is naturallyneeks.com. I talk about all about relationships and faith and mental illness, mental health. And my and I don't come from a place of I'm telling you what to do. I'm coming from my personal experiences, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, what helped me. And I'm actually very raw. Like I don't, I don't hide it. Right. Like if I have an anxiety attack, I will share that anxiety. I just shared my anxiety attack from two days ago on my Instagram, because I want you to know that like, yes, I'm healing and I'm so much better and I'm in a healthy relationship and da, 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 and I'm good. And I still have these moments. So if you feel like you've healed and then you have an anxiety attack, and then you feel like, oh my God, I'm not, I haven't healed. No, you have healed. It's just a trauma and a trigger. And that's okay to have that, right? Like if I have a panic attack, I'm not going to just throw in the towel and not celebrate any of the wins that I have had so far. I'm still going to celebrate them, but I'm also going to be, and that's going to help me better handle what's at hand, right? So um, I always share honestly, openly from my pers- experience, personal experiences. I keep it very raw, very real. And I just want to make an impact. And I just want to help women, men, mm-hmm. anybody just come out of it and just own your, your, your beauty and your, mm-hmm. and your self-worth and, and have love, so much love for yourself mm-hmm. so that whatever relationship you're in, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, mm-hmm. um, you will be okay. Because as long as you're intact, nothing will break you so badly again, right? Mm-hmm. Like It's true. It's true. And I can say that if you got you, like everything else is. Yeah. It may be hard. Like life will never be easy and it's not supposed to be easy, but if you've got you Mm -hmm. and you put that first, then any pain that comes with it, you still know that you got you. Yeah. It doesn't destroy you. Exactly. And you won't hold your value and your existence and you won't attach it to that person. You'll attach it only to you. So that. no one can take that away from you then. Yeah. Right. Ooh, we will end on that note. I'm so excited. Thank you again for no, joining so me. Having me. It's been such yes. an amazing chat. Our yes. souls have been fed. Yeah. And, and watered and we're good to go for the rest of the day. Um, I know it's always heavy, but we're here to have real conversations so that mm. we can open up the awareness and have conversations like this. Um, so thank you so much for having me on here. It's been oh. so- it's such a pleasure and thank you for holding space for me of course i'm so excited to connect some more um even 
after this. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want, you can connect with Neeks. You can find us at Call Me Crazy Pod. We will be airing on Sundays and Tuesdays at Key Radio, otherwise on all streaming platforms. And you can find me at Be For Real. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. I'm in this. Name one genius that ain't crazy.